Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. It's our favorite time of the week. We always love having interviews, but this one's really unique, and so we don't want to, you know, spoil too much <laughs> of the interview, but we'll toss it on over to our guest and let him introduce himself. Hi, yeah, thank you. My name is Casey Kroll. First off, I want to say thank you for having me on. It really means a lot to, to be able to come onto your podcast and kind of share not only what we're doing, and but it, it's really meaningful for us to be able to share it with coaches and coaching families and people in the coaching profession. And so I can't thank you guys enough for, for letting me come on and tell you about myself and, and the organization that I'm a part of. And so my name is Casey Kroll. I was a college football player. I played at James Madison University from 2011 to 2015. During that time, I had some really great coaches that inspired me to go into coaching because I wanted to have the same platform they did or they had on me to inspire and develop young people. And so got into college football coaching. I was at James Madison University as a, I guess, a graduate assistant in 2016. Did the whole coaching circuit for a few years. So then after James Madison, went to a school called Lamar University, where I was a graduate assistant there. And then I went, my last two years of college football coaching were in 2017, 18, 19 seasons at, uh, or 2018, 2019 seasons at SMU at Southern Methodist University in, in Dallas. And during that time, I've worked for my offensive line coach in college, I became his kind of like little sidekick understudy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at all of these stops. So he would, he would move somewhere, take a new job, bring me with him. And that was, I mean, that was at JMU, Lamar and SMU. And so that was, that was my life for a few years. I wanted to be a head football coach. I wanted to climb the ranks. I wanted to be an offensive line coach of my own one day. So I was fortunate to be able to learn from someone that was like a big brother to me and someone I really trusted. And then as life happens, nothing ever goes exactly how you plan it or exactly how you dream it. And, uh, and I'm sure a lot of coaches and coaches' wives and anyone else in the coaching profession that's listening to this is probably smiling and nodding their heads with that. But uh, what, when we got to SMU, my mentor, Coach Powell, who was, again, was my offensive line coach in college, became really sick with something called Guillain-Barre syndrome or GBS. And so Coach Powell was this big 300 pound. He played in the NFL. He was a Remington Award finalist when he was at TCU. Big, strong dude. Then a few weeks or a few months, I mean, he was in the hospital for like three months, I want to say, at first, trying to figure out what was wrong with him before they even could diagnose him with Guillain-Barre. He lost like 100 pounds. Wow. He lost motor function in his arms and his legs. He could move them, but he couldn't feel anything. So like, he couldn't go to the bathroom by himself. He couldn't feed himself, brush his teeth anything like that. And so he started to work through the, he was in a wheelchair, uh, had an electric wheelchair is how he kind of got around, which was just, it was really hard to see such a big, strong, he was young too. He was in his like mid late thirties when this happened. And it's just, just seeing that transformation was really hard. And I feel guilty saying it was hard on me. And I can only imagine how it was for his wife and kids. He started to recover from it. He started to make strides and his, he had some, some major setbacks, but Overall, he did start to recover from it a little bit. And then a few months later, I guess this would have been in 2019, I think, maybe late 2018, found out that he was diagnosed with colon cancer. Oh, my gosh. Right. And it was stage three, and it was was very serious. And so they removed his colon. There's a a medical word for that procedure. But again, I'm a football coach, and so I don't don't know the medical chart. 
so bear with me. But I know it's a serious operation. It's usually a last resort for males to remove the colon because it, it has a lot of side effects and, and, and whatnot. And so they did that. Chris Paul tried to do chemotherapy to prevent the spread of the cancer, but he was so weak from the GBS already that it was hard for him to finish a whole cycle of chemotherapy. And then I think it was in summer of 2020, we found out that the cancer had in fact spread to his stomach and he was, had stomach cancer. And then he passed away in April of 2021. He was four days away from his 40th birthday. And so wow. he was survived by his wife and their three kids. And so that's kind of a long, uh, that's a long story and it's a sad story to start for an introduction with who I am, but it's an important part of who I am. So I had Coach Powell was a great mentor. And so when Coach Powell was sick, like during the sickness, after being a coach and seeing Coach Powell struggle and his family struggle with this, I kind of became inspired to start an organization that would help other coaches and help the Powell family mm-hmm. when they go through a hardship such as this. And it doesn't have to be specifically medically related. So we started the Big Man Foundation, which is we're a 501c3 charity. 501c3 means we're registered with the IRS and in good standing and completely legitimate. Every, every All donations are tax deductible, things like that. But mm-hmm. our mission is to alleviate and prevent hardships for other athletic coaches and their families. Uh, we exist to serve coaches of all sports at all levels of competition anywhere in the country. And in the big man, the name big man foundation itself comes from Coach Paul used to call our offensive line unit, the big man fraternity. <laughs> and so we named our organization, the big man foundation as kind of a, a nod and homage to him, but it's not a lot of people think that that's, since that's our name, we only help offensive line coaches or football coaches. And that's not the case, but we, we're trying to be original with our name and, I think we are. I don't regret our name at all. Yeah, I love that name. That's awesome. And I know that like starting a charity, starting a foundation, there are, I'm sure when you first got into it, you're like, I'm just going to start a charity. And then you got into it and you're like, wow, this is a lot more work than I thought it was. So what was that like first step? And what was that like when you decided to actually start the foundation? Yeah, that's a great question. And again, I mentioned this to you all earlier before we started the interview, but I, it is funny to be interviewed and not interviewing. <laughs> we have a podcast as well called Coach Talk. And so the idea originally started as we want to do a GoFundMe to help the Powells. Mm-hmm. So it was like, maybe we just do a GoFundMe. We raise some money. We feel good about ourselves and we're, and we're able to help the Powells. And we kind of looked into it and we realized GoFundMe, I mean, it's a great organization that helps a lot of people, but there are kind of some catches to it. There's a lot of overhead that, that goes to GoFundMe. And sometimes there's just some, some weird legal tax things that come up with GoFundMe when, when people receive them. And so that was one of the reasons why we didn't do GoFundMe. And then the ultimate reason we didn't end up doing the GoFundMe, and someone did a GoFundMe for the piles and it was super successful. And we weren't like jealous or anything. Any help, anyone that helps coaches is, I mean, yeah. we're on that. We want to maximize the impact that anyone can have on coaches. But uh, my college roommate was like, hey, I think we have something bigger here. Like We could do a GoFundMe and help the piles and feel good, and, and, and they would be appreciative of it, and they need it right now. But we could also kind of start laying the foundation for uh, an organization that not, helps not only the Powells, but other families. And so at that point, I'd actually studied nonprofits while I was at James Madison as a spin graduate school. And I reached out to one of my professors from there. And I'm like, hey, I think I have an idea for a charity, but I don't know where to get started. Can I just like, can I shark tank this to you? And if my idea stinks and it 
it's going to be a waste of time. Like, please just tell me before I start it. <laughs> but if it actually has like some legs to it and it can grow into a bigger organization and actually help people, I would appreciate your help in starting it. So I had that conversation with her and flash forward. It's almost, it's been almost two years now. We started in December of 2020, but my professor that I reached out to after like a two or three year hiatus from talking to her is now our board president and is like wow. actively involved in the organization. So I guess that kind of that kind of summarizes what she thought about the idea. <laughs> she decided to come on board and she's super helpful and she has so much nonprofit experience that it's kind of helped me transition from being a football coach to being an ex executive director of a charity. And mm -hmm. I've learned a lot. There's also been a lot of carryover from what I knew as a football coach to serving others. And so that's how we went from an idea to an actual business. And it's not a business, it's a nonprofit, right. but an actual existing organization. Yeah. And with the nonprofit, it's usually you and someone else with that support. So like you just said, and then it grows roots and then you figure out, oh my gosh, okay, we need a person for community engagement. We need one for, I don't know, the tax, I mean, all these different things of different departments. And so how many team members do you have now? And when you saw that uh, transition of growth happen, was it kind of exciting where you're like, oh my gosh, we're getting some um, traction with this it's getting bigger what was that like yeah and, and it's funny because we released our website and our social media and our first post and stuff on, on December 1st of 2020 because that was giving Tuesday that year and so we figured that would be a good day to announce that we're creating this organization but what no one no one knows is that like the four or five months before that is when we started like the incorporation process, registering with the state of Virginia, uh, writing our founding documents, registering with the IRS, getting our 501c3 approval. So all that stuff took a lot of time and it was a complete grassroots effort. See, we didn't have it. We didn't take out any business loans. We didn't have any financial backers that were helping us with these costs. It was all out of pocket. And so like four or five months of, of really hard work went into just getting us to the point where we could launch on that first day of December of 2020. And when you work so hard for something, and I'm sure a lot of coaches can relate to this, we put so much of ourselves, we did so much behind the scenes work that I was kind of naive. And maybe it's because I was like 27 at the time as well, but I'm like, this is going to be, we have a great story. This is going to be an overnight sensation. We're going to launch it on the first and it's going to be just, we're going to be on ESPN on the third talking about the thing. <laughs> and everything that we're trying to do to help coaches. And that I learned quickly that was not going to be the case. And it's taken time to get us to the point where we are, almost two years. And we're very proud of all the progress that we've made and the people we've been able to help and, and all of that so far. But it has been a very organic process growing. Well, I've been fortunate that everyone that's joined our board, we have eight board members right now. And then I'm not on the board anymore because I'm the only person that's on staff. But everyone that's on the board has approached me about coming out to the board. I haven't had to recruit any board members. And it's so awesome because we have a great board. And everyone, like you said, everyone has their own little specialty mm -hmm. that brings to the board and a perspective and a background that helps us do everything that we do. And so, like you said, like the engagement. So our engagement director is Mackenzie Oubre, and her husband is a coach at TCU. I coached her husband when he was in college. And so... It's kind of like the six degrees of separation a little bit, but <laughs> that's how everyone that, that has helped us out has kind of come on to our staff. It's like, hey, I have this writing in background. They're like, hey, I'm this coach and I have 
was a coach for 30 years and I know all these people and I think I could be a great resource of getting you connected with people that are philanthropic and are in that same industry that might be interested in helping you in some way. And so everyone's got their own little role. We have an NFL player on our board. We have someone that works in like creative writing on our board. It's, they're awesome to work for because I'm a one-stop shop right now. I'm the only employee. And so I have to do everything to an extent of like the day-to-day operations. But whenever I need help with something, I mean, I know who I can go to for help with that task. So it's been a learning experience, but I'm super grateful for them. They're awesome. I have a great board and very fortunate for that. Yeah, as you were saying all of that, I just kept thinking how small the sports industry is and how we realize that all of the time when we meet new people, we're like, oh my gosh, they know so-and-so who knows so-and-so. And it just, I swear, the sports industry is tiny. <laughs> Crazy. And it feels so big, but it's really not. And this is a success that I had in my mind that a lot of people probably wouldn't even consider it a success, but we give out grants for emergency financial assistance when something happens to a coach or their family. And we have the application for the grants on our website. So if at any point someone's struggling or you know someone that's struggling, you can go to our website, fill out an application, and then we'll review it, see how we can help, and then get back to that's kind of the first step. Well, at first, I was expecting to get all these applications. I'm like, oh, they're going to start rolling in now. And that was not the case. And so our first few grants that we gave out, we had to put on like our Google News alerts, and we had to find the people and then find a way to get in contact with them and then let them know that we're there to help. And the last one, last grant we gave out, someone actually reached out to us, which was big for me because I'm like, well, that means that like we're building our brand awareness a little bit. Like people know who we are. And we're a resource for coaches and they're able to refer other coaches to us. And so that was a big success for us in our mind. And that was a few months ago. But you're right. It's, it's a small community that feels like a massive community. Yeah. And is it just for coaches? So is it only for, I know that you said all different levels and sports and everything, but is it just for coaches or have you helped players and players' families as well? So that's a good question. We have had questions about helping student athletes and there's a role for student athletes in our organization, but in terms of our, our target market who we're trying to help, we're specifically geared to help coaches. And a lot of times that's the most difficult thing with a nonprofit and a charity is you want to be able to help everybody mm-hmm. that needs help, but you're limited, not limited, but you can only help who your mission helps. And right. so uh, it's uncomfortable in those situations because that's when you have to be like, we feel your pain and we would love to help you. But unfortunately, our organization isn't best suited to help you. There's Here's our, a handful of other organizations that could help you better than we could. So yeah. we help coaches, but we also help like immediate family members too, whether it's a grandma, a grandpa, a child, a spouse. If one of those family members is causing something that's impacting the coach and his ability to be around the players, then that's a situation where we could step in and help. No, that's good. I, I was just thinking with our podcast and community, we've learned over the past two and a half years that a lot of people have trouble asking for help. Like if they're going through something, there's this culture shift that we're trying to create within our community of, hey, it's okay to not be okay. Or if you're going through this you know, tragic time that you have these resources to reach out and to help you and your family get through that time or that chapter that they're in. So have you found that it's kind of a transition of a culture that's needing to kind of transform their mindset of like, you don't have to struggle and go through this all by yourself. Because in the coaching world, you don't have PTO. It's not like you just 
take right. off for an extended amount of time. It's usually this drastic thing where you have to leave your role and step back and your family feels it and experiences it. And so I was just having all these thoughts come to mind of, have you experienced that, that people are afraid to ask for that assistance? We did consider that at one point, like maybe people aren't applying because they're afraid to ask for help. And you're right, because coaches in general, but more specifically like male coaches in like football and basketball, there's kind of like you said, like this alpha male kind of persona where you don't get sick. If something, if you're hurt, you don't admit that you're hurt. Mm -hmm. You just kind of plow through. And it's the same thing when it comes to help. Like if, if I need help, I'm not going to ask I need help. I'm going to put on front. I'm going to act like everything's okay which is extremely unhealthy. And that kind of comes into what we're doing next. Our next big initiative is trying to be proactive about preventing these tragedies from happening. So we're going to, starting next spring, we're going to champion like a health and wellness day for coaches. But yeah, we have noticed that. And that's something that we're trying to address. And, and that's one of the reasons, like if you go to our website, there's a way now on our grant page where you can either start your application for a grant or you can submit an email to kind of anonymously submit somebody else. Yeah. So mm. You see that if you know someone's struggling and they don't want to admit it, you can bring it to our attention and then we can reach out to them and say like, hey, we're here to help you. We want to get you back on the field so that you can continue making a positive impact on, on young athletes. I'm sure that's so helpful because I feel like that's exactly what a lot of people would want to do. Like seeing someone else struggle is so hard for you as a person to be like, I want to help them, but I don't know how I can. So I think being able to have that resource for them to be able to reach out to you and anonymously submit someone else is probably really awesome. And then I was thinking about how your initial mission was helping Coach Powell. And then after that, you started this whole foundation. And that first person that you were able to help after him, what was that like? And what was that experience when you finally got that? A great question. Man, you guys are, you guys are on the ball with the question. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. I know we talked about how coaches can sometimes, especially male coaches, kind of have that alpha male kind of mentality about that. And I mean, I understand that in a lot of ways. But when that we first sent out that first grant, and it, I mean, we were in our infancy. We're still in our infancy now. So it wasn't for like a life-changing sum of money. It was what we could afford to give. And I remember we sent a check and we sent it in like a package. We, we put a picture of the significant other in this case had passed away. So we found a frame pic. We framed a picture of her and her husband and sent it. We're sending it to his widow. And I wrote a letter just on a regular size note card, just explaining like, Hey, I know this isn't much, but here's kind of our story. And I talked about coach Powell and I talked about why we started the foundation and it was to help people exactly in your situation. So that we, we hope it helps. And I was just like crying my eyes out. And I had to call, I called Coach Powell's wife, Miss Rachel, who's very involved with the organization. And I told her, and I think she must have started crying too. And so it was just like all of this work, mm -hmm. almost a year of work, had finally culminated on this one day where we finally could say like we're doing what we set out to do. Mm -hmm. And I kept telling myself, like, hopefully this is the first of many people that were able to help, but it was just super meaningful because I was just thinking about Coach Powell and what him and his family went through. And hopefully, even if it's a little bit, we get to help this family kind of and walk by them as they navigate this hardship that they were experiencing. And so it was incredibly rewarding. And then my heart just went out to, to them and their family as they were trying to overcome. I mean, I can't imagine losing a spouse or a significant other. It's, yeah. It would be 
it'd be awful. And, and so it's just a lot of emotion once, but I'll never forget that day. Yeah, I got chills when I he know. was telling that story. <laughs> that is amazing. And it is so rewarding to see your hard work come together and just into fruition that way. And Brittany and I both have learned that everyone wants to help. They just don't know maybe how to help or how to get involved. Um, our community that we have is very strong. Like if we put anything out there, hey, somebody needs assistance, they step up super quickly. And so we're excited to share the Big Man Foundation with our community, but what do you need help with? So what does this community, I feel like we're side by side in this pairing because as soon as they hear this, I feel like you're going to get some some people trying to assist. So what do you need from the community itself? Yeah, that's I mean, one of our main objectives is like you all to be an active role in the coaching community and, and have people know that we are a resource for them. And so the reality of our situation is like we can't help people if they don't know that we exist. And mm -hmm. so just by like following us and engaging with us kind of keeps us on top of mind. And so that we are able to, when something like this comes up, someone can say like, oh, well, the Big Man Foundation would be able to help with this. And just going back, like, like you said, everyone wants to help, but not everyone knows how to help is extremely, extremely true. And, and that's something we've learned. And a lot of times, even when these hardships happen, you know, a lot of people are like, let's start a GoFundMe, let's give them money. But in a lot of the situations, in most situations, people are like, yes, money will help us overcome this hardship that we're experiencing right now. But in a lot of cases, you'd be surprised where people are like, well, we have insurance, we have, you know, we don't really need, like, everything's taken care of. Financially, we're not struggling, but we're struggling in a lot of other ways. We're struggling emotionally, we're struggling, we don't know how to, we're, we're grieving. Mm -hmm. We try to help people beyond just giving out grants, mm -hmm. just kind of organizing and being a part of this coaching community would really help us. And like, for example, we had a situation a couple of months ago where a it was an assistant coach at a power five school lost his house. His house caught on fire during a thunderstorm. And then since the roof got compromised, the house flooded. And so he was a higher level coach, which makes up a very small fraction of all coaches. And mm -hmm. most coaches don't make as much money as a power five coach. And we, I think we all know that. But in his situation, they were like, well, we have insurance. We're going to get a new house, but we lost all of our possessions and nothing will ever be able to replace everything that has such sentimental value, you know? Right. And so by being a part of the coaching community, we were able to reach out to, like you said, everyone's got these connections. So while they didn't need help financially, we were able to reach out to our connections that were at different schools. And what we were able to end up doing was instead of a grant, we, we were able to get like memorabilia from the schools that this oh, coach had worked at before, cool. including like his alma mater gave us like a football, a really nice card, like a helmet. And not only was it like a the helmet from the school he played at, but it was a, of like his playing era helmet. Yeah, so cool. a throwback or a retro helmet, <laughs> but we were able to give that to him and his family and say like, hey, we understand that financially, everything's going to be replaced, but here's something that we thought might help with the loss of your sentimental assets. And here's a gift of it, nothing can replace your helmet, but it's a helmet from your school that you played at and some of the schools that you've worked at before. So that's so cool. Yeah, that was really cool. So we do also have an ambassador program, which is for anybody that's in the coaching community that kind of wants to go beyond like 
if you want to help us, obviously I'm not going to turn down any donations. And we actually just received a, a gold rating from an organization called Candid, which is a, it's a charity database, but they also give out awards based on like how much money goes towards your administration, how much we have to turn over all our finances to them. And so we got a gold star rating, which less than 5% of charities get, which means that we're good stewards of donors money and that the money actually goes to helping coaches. It doesn't go to like my vacation fund or my retirement (laughs) or anything like that. So, and that's something that was super important to us when we started out. So we really tried to get that last week, but we have an ambassador program, which is for people who want to go beyond being a donor and say like, Hey, I want to be more of an active member of the big man foundation and what you're trying to do, or maybe this, this resonates with me for a particular reason, then you can sign up to become an ambassador and what ambassadors do. And I'm going to be upfront with this. We do have ambassadors that make a monthly donation. That's personally significant to you. There's no like minimum or maximum to it, but it's just because we didn't want people that were applying to be ambassadors just to get a picture tweeted out or an Instagram or something like that. Yeah. We want to have a little Put your money where your mouth is a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> that is one of the one of the prerequisites. We have to be an ambassador, but like we're about to start a big fundraising campaign for the end of this year. And so for like our ambassadors, we're gonna send out an email ahead of time saying, like, hey, here's our fundraising campaign for the end of the year. We're super grateful that uh we have a big donor that's doing a gift match on Giving Tuesday up to fifty thousand dollars. So if we raise fifty thousand dollars, he's gonna donate whatever we raise up to $50,000, which is huge. And that could help us usher in kind of the next era of the big man foundation, be able to help more coaches in a more meaningful way. And so we'll send that to our ambassadors and let them know. And then we'll kind of ask them to get some social media prepared for those days for a week ahead for the day of maybe ask them for some video, some footage at one point during the summer, which is a, a slower season for coaches in general kind of like the July era. It's kind of like the dog days of sports. We sent like a presentation to our ambassadors and we were like, hey, here's a presentation. Here's some notes for each slide. We would love for you to just create a Zoom meeting or maybe have a, a meeting in person and just explain like the Big Man Foundation, who we are, inspiration, uh, what we do and how we do it with your immediate coaching community and just help us spread our message and awareness of our, of our mission with others in our circle. So yeah, that's kind of some examples of what an ambassador entails. And that would be what I would encourage if someone's really passionate about what we're doing and wants to be involved, I would encourage you to consider becoming an ambassador for the Big Man Foundation. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, we can't help people that don't know we exist. And so even just by like following us and retweeting and just sh- helping us continue to spread our mission would be, it's a no cost way to help us grow and, and help others. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like a lot of a, a lot of people in our community are just always wanting to help and having that in the back of their mind even so that if god forbid something does happen to someone that they know or themselves, then they can have that resource. And for collecting donations, how did you go about starting that? Who do you typically go to? Like when you first started the foundation, who was your first stop or what were you thinking like, okay, I need to go to these people to get donations? To be honest with you, it was people that were close to Coach Powell. When you submit a donation, there's like a little like a note section at the bottom of it mm-hmm. where people put in, and most people don't put anything, but some people are like in memory of Coach Powell, in memory of uh, my high school coach who passed away recently. But we had a lot of people. So our first year, up until almost the last few months, 
every donation that we had gotten had been from an individual and it had been like a donation anywhere from like $5 to $500, Mm -hmm. which bigger charities, they have diversified revenue. So their money comes from a lot of, they get money from companies, from, they get major gifts, which are, everyone has their own definition of what a major gift is, but like a five figure or a six figure gift. But I was super proud that all of our money for the first couple of years had come from individuals that believed in what we were doing enough to say like, I'm going to give you some of my hard-earned money so that you can use it to help coaches. And now we've kind of grown to the point where we're able to go after kind of some bigger whales when it comes to fundraising. And we're starting to get some organizations, some companies involved with the Big Man Foundation. And we've been able to get some larger donations from individuals that have the means to share and that are really passionate about our mission. But the bulk of our revenue still comes from monthly donors and one-time donors, annual givers. I think that's even cooler that it's actual individual people versus a company. I know that obviously the companies are probably a goal to get to because they can give more. And of course, that's like you want more money to be able to help more people. But I think it's really cool that individuals are so motivated by your mission that they want to give and give annually or give monthly. And I think that's really cool. And, and it is like, I hate to keep saying like, please follow us, please retweet us. I'm, I'm, I'm an offensive lineman. Like I was an offensive line coach. I was an offensive line player. And like our whole mentality is like work hard in silence. Right. So it, it yep. really, I really don't like the spotlight and it's not, it, it's the farthest thing. Our whole, it's the farthest thing about like, let's see how many retweets we can get or Instagram followers or whatever. But like, I think we all know, like, that's a part of it mm-hmm. to a degree. That's why we ask people to follow us and engage with us. Because, like, when we go to companies that are like, yeah, we'd consider sponsoring. One of the first questions they ask is, like, well, what's your engagement? Like, how many followers do you have? Because mm-hmm. we want to things that are also going to make us look good, right. you know. And I don't blame them. I'm not saying that's wrong or anything. But that's the reality of these companies and why they, they want to build goodwill with coaches and we have to have an audience of coaches in order to do that. Definitely. So. Yeah, you're speaking to our soul. We know that <laughs> deep down. <laughs> I, I can relate to a lot of what I'm saying mm-hmm. in many different ways. But one of my favorite parts is being able to read those comments on donations. Mm-hmm. It feels like everyone in the coaching community that we've talked to or like every kind of like breakout session that we've had uh, where I've gone and spoke to a coaching staff or something, there's always like someone that comes up to me and it's like, I needed this organization at one point in my life or in my coaching career. We had just been fired. We lost our insurance. And then I found out my wife was diagnosed with cancer and we didn't have any money to pay for it. And it's like, it's sad to hear, but that's also like, our like, that's what we're, that's why we're here. That's what we want to be able to help with. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that when you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And so it's rewarding to kind of get to read those comments because everyone has their story of like, this happened to me, or I know that this story happened to someone and they could have used your help then. And so hopefully we're able to help people, you know, moving forward that we can be a resource to help them. We absolutely love Casey having your mission, just a part of, you know, our conversation. And I'm sure that there's going to be so many important things that come from this, all good things moving forward. But we asked this question on every single one of our interviews, and I'm going to ask you, we did not prepare you for this one, so we might stump you. But um, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self, maybe something starting off with the foundation, maybe it's something personal but go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you say? 
and I don't want to say the cliche, every, every business owner, everyone that started charity always has the same thing. We're like, if, if I could give advice to my younger self, my advice would be, I would have done it sooner, which mm-hmm. obviously is true because if I would have started it sooner, then we'd be at a, a better place now and be able to have the capacity to help more people. Cause I imagine we're going to keep growing, but you know, that's a good question because I wouldn't want to go back in time and change anything because I think all of those things kind of led me to where I am today, like the good and the bad. Maybe I would have, when I was in grad school studying nonprofits and charities, I was honestly like, I knew I was going to be a football coach at that point. <laughs> I was just kind of going through the motions, yeah. <laughs> graduate so I could start coaching. Maybe I would have paid a little bit more attention then because <laughs> it probably would have helped me out. And I have it to learn a ton. And I have, again, I have a great board that's kind of, they've poured so much into me to make me a better CEO of Big Man Foundation that I'm extremely grateful, grateful for. It's the other piece of advice, maybe I'd go back and give my a younger self is like, you know, you never know who can help you in the future. And so just be a good person to everybody, yeah. you know, yeah. or burn any is because you never know. Like if I would have been a jerk to my professor who ended up helping me start the big man foundation and ended up as our board president. Now, when I reached out to her two and a half years ago, she wouldn't, if I was a jerk to her, she wouldn't have owed me anything. She yeah. wouldn't have had to respond to me down and hear my pitch she could have just told me to 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 blow off you know but fortunately I you know even though I wasn't a great student I wasn't super passionate about nonprofits or charities then I would I always did right by her and so she gave her reason to respond to me when I reached out and now we've been able to help all these coaches since then and so it's kind of like the butterfly effect where if that wouldn't have happened then where would we be now so I guess I am grateful for that, but that would be my advice to my younger self. Yeah, I think that's such a good perspective too because this sports industry, as we've learned, it's small, as we've talked about, and everybody knows everybody. So I think the more that you're just kind to everyone you meet, the more it will help you and your significant other, and you never know what you'll need from somebody else. So that's such a good perspective. And of course, we want to share your platform. So what's the best way to share your Instagram or Twitter? What is the best possible platform? Well, the best thing to do is you can go to our website, thebigmanfoundation.org. And on our website, we have links to all of our social media. I mean, we're the, I guess, what's the big three? It's like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also have a YouTube page. We're going to have more YouTube content coming out over the next few months, which we're super excited for. Then also the next big way too would just be, if you go to our, if you go to our website, the first thing that comes up, it's almost like a pop-up and I know it's annoying and I apologize for it, but we do have a newsletter that comes out and that's going to be coming out more regularly. It comes out quarterly now. And I think we're going to increase that a little bit more we're able to share updates and kind of insider stuff about the big man foundation that's a great way to be engaged too is by signing up for that newsletter yeah that's great well we appreciate you coming on and i i have a feeling we're going to get some traction from this conversation so all good things coming your way and we appreciate the time and sharing your story and thanks for being our first male yeah. podcast interview we uh, didn't, I didn't know that. that's incredible yeah, yeah we've had it's- our significant others on the podcast and then we've also had a couple on the podcast but you're the first solo male so mm-hmm. well look at me breaking ground i know <laughs> we appreciate it so much thank you again and thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time bye thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast you can follow us on instagram at more than a season podcast or on tiktok at more than a season for the latest updates if you have enjoyed this episode please download subscribe and leave us a review on your choice of platform see you next time 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.